What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh-uh. That ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. All right. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. You remember watching um those monster truck commercials like the monster truck rally when they would do advertisements for them coming to your town? Your town this weekend. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. I think like Family Guy or something makes fun of that too. Yeah. Usually they were on Sunday. Family Guy does the best job of that making fun of random commercials. Between that, that fucking car salesman up in New York that everything's huge. And then the wailing, flailing, inflatable arm man. Yeah, very relatable references. Welcome to Real Spiel, where everything is related, where everything is relatable and relative, relatively uh, nonsensical. I'm here with Jake and myself, and it is Tuesday, August 6th, around 2.50 p.m., the year of our Lord and Savior. So it doesn't matter whether you're listening morning, afternoon, evening, or night. That's the time that we are putting it on wax. A lot has been happening in the world of sports, politics, pop culture, all types of different things. Had a mass shooting over the weekend. A couple, actually, unfortunately. I was going to say two. Yeah. In uh, like 15 hours. Within 15 hours of one another, about 34 people died. And uh, I knew someone that was involved in the mass shooting in Dayton. So I actually felt bad about that. I texted her and she said that she was in a bar that it happened in. She broke her rib. Damn. Yeah, so I had to shoot her a text. She said she was too scared to even stay at home by herself the next day. So she went to work, but uh, they told her to go home or something like that. So, yeah, rough shit going on. Hey, at least she's alive. Yes, could have been much worse. She made it out unscathed for the most part. And, yeah, um, shout out to all the, well, shout out, condolences to all the victims, families, uh Witnesses, anybody who's in the general vicinity of where that took place. El Paso, Dayton. Uh, what, there was another incident. Uh, well, Gilroy was like in the week prior. California. Not to take away from it. Yeah. Yeah, not to take away from it. I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson made a statement about us being numb to these events. And I think the fact that we forgot where the one took place or the fact that I forgot the name of the place that it happened just last week sort of illustrates that fact to some extent, but overall, I think he was making a pretty salient point about how the media gloms to these issues, and, you know, we know they like to push a narrative. Bad news is the news. I don't think he's necessarily like calling out the media. He's just saying as people, as human beings, we are more, we're more uh, reactive to these because it's more of an emotional thing. We're definitely more drawn like to the Like 20-some people getting shot, whereas what he listed is what? Like medical incidents, things that don't happen in less than 30 seconds. Well, they're preventable issues, but they do happen in less than 30 seconds. Like a medical issue, that can happen in less than 30 500 seconds. 500 medical issues, 
car accidents? Doesn't really happen in 30 seconds. No, I'm saying 500 medical, 500 deaths. No, it happens over the course of a year. The 58 people died in a mass shooting. We're not, you know, measuring the numbers. I think he's just saying in his follow-up when people asked him for an apology, he basically said some facts are true but hurtful. It was almost a way of couching his response saying, yeah, I was wrong for saying that, but I wasn't wrong with my facts. I was just wrong with the timing. It's almost protecting his ego in some way. But I think ultimately what he was trying to say is that there are preventable deaths out there that we could focus more on and we don't focus on them. And by we, I mean the media and, you know, uh, uh, most citizens. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just ill timing. Realistically. He could have waited. I don't really know. What no, else no, no. Neil deGrasse like... Tyson, what the fuck are you doing? No, bad timing. Obviously, someone as smart as him should know how to relate those issues at a different time, different narrative. I mean, I mean, then again, like Mitch McConnell campaign or whatever posted signs of like his opponent's name on a tombstone. Like, I don't know. I think when you talk for a living and you try to force conversation, you can put your foot in your mouth sometimes. Now, I don't know if that's what he did. I mean, it's just a tweet. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was his response to the tweet that people got more upset with. And that's my thing. People get more outraged by tweets than actual shit going on. I think it's just because they think they have more control over people's behavior. Like, they know they can control whether or not Neil deGrasse Tyson tweets that. They can't control whether or not somebody goes into a church and shoots up 20 people. So they get more angry about that. I mean, I don't want to switch the topic from mass shootings to sports, but it's pretty much the only way to go. Here we go. I got a good little transition here. They want the Senate and Congress is on their break right now. Mm-hmm. And because of the mass shooting, the House is like, hey, we already passed two bills. You know, reconvene the Senate to pass the bills or whatever. Go over them. So that's in D.C. Congress would have to come back to D.C. after a vacation, which doesn't end until like labor, after Labor Day in September. So Congress is on a break right now and they still make a shit ton of money, but they get like two six-week breaks. That's besides the point. So also in D.C., Wayne Rooney's last year in MLS. He's going back to England. Oh, Wayne Rooney. That's crazy how soccer players can come here and still get the bag after they've already realized all their greatness overseas. He's going back. He's going to go back and play. <laughs> Is he going to go back and play? Oh, so he got re-signed again. Is he like a one-day type deal? Is it like a retirement contract? I don't I don't know. No, nah, he's going to play, dude. Because he could still play here. Like, he's old as shit, though. I'm Is just he, saying. If I know Wayne Rooney, I mean, he's... Yeah, no, nah, he's got to be up there. I thought those dudes come here when they're about to retire. Like, what's this? Didn't Landon Donovan do that? Play for the Galaxy for a little bit? Got a couple checks. That's what that dude, Zach... Zlatan. Well, Zlatan is here, but he's, he's the best player in MLS. Yeah, of course. By far. <laughs> of course. And like you said, where was I when I was 29? Yes. Yeah, that's Swedish asshole. But he's cocky for a reason. Oh, also connecting. Going. Nice tra- into transition. Philadelphia played D.C. the other day. And after one of their players scored, he ran over to the the field mic and picked it up and like was like, Congress, like there was another one. It's time to... It's time to do something. Is Latin said that? No, no, no. Some guy on Philadelphia. Oh, with the mass shootings. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how athletes can use their platform now to just bring attention to different stuff. I was talking about Carmelo, or talking about how I saw Carmelo on first take with uh, Stephen A. 
basically doing a sit down like the view did you see that i didn't watch it i saw one clip of what he said but i know that he requested it and Stephen a was like all right fine like brought Melo in it's so interesting man i think the nba does the worst job of bringing former players on or current players on to talk about sports because it's basically like oh you were sorry come talk about basketball and i'm not talking about carmelo specifically but like kendrick perkins ryan hollins like all these dudes need to be canceled they shouldn't be allowed to talk about basketball. I mean, if they have a personality for it, they played basketball. Like. Exactly. You were seven foot in trash and rode the bench with a couple good dudes. Come talk about it. Like the only good player I can ever remember sitting down and seriously talking about basketball that's been like a great all time, Magic Johnson. Isaiah Thomas, too. Like they embrace the journalism role. And you got Paul Pierce and Chauncey Billups kind of doing it now. But most, do, and I can't believe I just put Chauncey Billups in the same point guard conversation as Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson. But that's my point. Like, great point guards I know here talking about sports too much. They're usually either coaching or they make so much money that they don't got to do no analyst jobs. Or they just don't have the personality for it. Uh, that's true, too. I think some dudes would be really good at it. Like, Kobe would be dope at it. Yeah, but he's doing a bunch of other shit. Yeah, that's a bad example. He has his own, like, you know, the... Uh, entertainment thing yeah I'm trying to think I think boxing and MMA do the best job Lennox Lewis uh, Bronze Bomber uh, who else do they have ringside they'll have Oscar Day well he's a promoter more than anything so he's always promoting fights but they'll have legitimate legends come on and talk about the sport you know, Roy Jones Jr. is one of the best commentators in boxing the best basketball analyst is a non-player, if you really think about it. it was Ernie Johnson, probably. Ernie Johnson, he's, uh, what is it, mediator, commentator. There's the analysts, and then there's the dudes that uh, uh, commentate the game. And then there's the play-by-play dude. What's my boy, Hubie? Hubie Brown. He's probably the best at it. And he's probably garbage as a player. Great coach. Coaches do a really good job. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's funny listening to some of them. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, Chris, that's what I'm saying. It's hilarious because they're so bad. Like Chris Webber. I don't think he's that bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Like if they could reverse the halftime crew for the TNT show and then give me the pregame crew from the NBA show, I'd be happy. Because the NBA pregame crew is like Chauncey and Paul Pierce and them. They're fun. They're great. But I'd rather have Shaq, Chuck, and Ernie. But, and Kenny. Exactly, and Kenny. But the play-by-play people for TNT are terrible. So I'd rather have, you know, the NBA crew, or what is it, the NBA TV, ESPN NBA crew, doing the TNT games versus Chris Webber and Reggie Reggie Miller. Well, it's like I'm pretty glad uh, Jason Witten came out of retirement. He was terrible. Yeah, he was pretty bad at it. At that commentating thing he was doing for CBS. Not everyone can be Tony Romo. <laughs> This is true. Tony Romo's just good at everything, huh? I already could dunk a basketball reverse, plays on the U.S. golf tour. Yeah, I was going to say, apparently he's really good at golf. Yeah, can get a lot of good-looking chicks. I mean, and the dude played at Northern Illinois or something like that. that. Football probably does the worst job recruiting. Like, as far as canvassing the country for talent, I think it's just because there's so many small pockets, cities and stuff, where kids can be good. And also, football has so much to do with actually developing skill and growing into it. So it's kind of hard to judge talent. 
Whereas basketball, you know if a kid's going to be a beast at like 12. Like basketball isn't a late bloomer sport, really. Well, sometimes. Rarely. It happens sometimes. You're right, but rarely. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. There's like not too many kids. There's some kids in high school who are like, oh, he's just raw talent, like rawly athletic. We can make him some, I don't know, too many times in basketball. No, basketball. So I mean, because basketball has so little to do, has a lot to do with athleticism at the highest level. But you don't have to be a great athlete to be a great basketball player. Whereas in football, athleticism and the sport go hand in hand. You got to be a good athlete. If you're not a good athlete, what are you gonna do in football? You play quarterback. You can fuck up the the center. Just put them at plug them at nose guard. There's some been fat ass nose guards, dude. That's true, but I feel like the gate like Vince Wilford is probably the best example of that. The last ten years, and that dude's athletic as shit. Remember when Vince Wilford picked the ball off twice last year and was running? Or was that like three years ago? Like he's gotten picks. I mean, there's been plays of Vince Wilford. Just Google or YouTube Vince Wilford athleticism, and you'll see some pretty cool shit. Like those dudes that like Haloti Nada. We think because he's six foot three, three hundred ninety pounds, that he's not a great athlete. Haloti Nada's got some of the best feet you'll ever see. Oh, I mean, most of them are great athletes. I'm just saying it's possible to be just to be fat and and that's what you'll do. Like, I don't think it is in the NFL though, because you got to tackle. Think of the best D tackle in the league right now. It's Aaron Donald. He looks like a linebacker. Yeah, but there's different types and different systems. I'm saying. I know what you mean. Like that Sean Rogers nose tackle type dude. Like fucking Albert Hainsworth, dude. They don't exist anymore, though. You know what I'm saying? Albert Hainsworth got put out of the league 10 years ago because like, you got to be able to make a tackle. Like a Tony Saragusa. Exactly. Big Goose. Like, those dudes don't exist anymore. That nose tackle. I remember big Casey Hampton for the Steelers. If you were in, like, a 3-4 type scheme, you just put a fat guy there and let him, you know, earn his keep. But, yeah, those, those players don't exist anymore. And baseball is the worst example of it. But sometimes I'll see baseball players that are freak athletes. Oh, no, you can have raw talent. You can just be a raw athlete and be good at baseball. Yeah. It used yeah. to happen on our our little league teams all the time. Yeah. Not saying that that's pros, but it's just a kid who never played baseball and be like, you'd be good at baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hand-eye. It's wild how certain countries will have systems designed to find those kids. Imagine if it was your job to just go to Mississippi, Take a classroom full of 200 kids and then figure out which ones would be good at which sports in the next 15 years and then put them into that government protocol. Like somebody in China's doing that right now. And those academies? Yeah. Somebody in China's right now in a school and sees a kid. Oh, that kid's kind of good at dancing. Eh, see if he'd be a good, you know, dancer for the Chinese school of dramatic dance or some shit. Maybe they don't care so much about dancing. But the sports that we care about, like wrestling, swimming, basketball, they're building their next Yao Ming. Jeremy Lin, like, he'll come to the country and visit, and they're, like, stealing his hair samples and shit. He's not, he's not, uh... He's Taiwan. He's not Chinese. Yeah, I think he's Taiwanese. But, you know, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Is it, wasn't it a thing where China was trying to govern Taiwan, and Trump was like, no, nah, I just want to deal with Taiwan directly. And China was like, you can't do that. And then he called Taiwan anyway. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember that happened, like, last year. That was a big thing. And my stance on that as a layman with no experience in foreign relations and foreign affairs, uh, you know, let him talk to the country. He can't talk to the country. I guess it fucks up. I mean, he was just trying to piss off China. What if he's on to something? No, he's not. 
with these Chinese sanctions. He's not. Dude, <laughs> the, the market just lost like 700 points yesterday. No, I know. The uh, S&P, I was on it, man. Fucking stock was just going down. But that happens all the time, man. Spanish well, no, it's because China was like told all their peoples and companies like don't don't do any business with agriculture. Yeah, they're not and from the U.S. So, yeah, we're he fucked us, dude. No. Well, with those tariffs and some of the tariffs being levied against different countries, we'll see what happens. We haven't been a great exporter of goods for some time. No, but it's it's just hurting the American people. We're losing money. People are paying more money for shit. We're going to have to pay even more money for shit because he wants to keep putting new tariffs on shit. And he's like, oh, they pay the taxes. No. <laughs> no the people man. are paying the fucking taxes. Yeah, it's going to get passed off to the American people one way or another. That's why you better pack up and move to Puerto Rico or somewhere else with friendly uh, tax havens for uh, independent business owners. But you can still reap the benefits of the U.S. economy, states, statehood in a lot of ways. To go to a different country. Yeah. I don't know. Like, not a bad idea, I guess. I could go live in some other countries, but I already want to do that already. I like America too much. I think about that all the time, but every country I've been to, I get sick of being there after like a week. Like, man, I want to go back. <laughs> like, I like home. I like the ability to be able to traverse different states without needing my passport, going through customs every time I want to go to a different city. I mean, there's a reason a lot of those people come here. And when I think about uh, uh, domestic travel in the U.S., it's so fun. Like, getting on a, going on a road trip? Can't go on a road trip in Germany. Where are you going? Another part of Germany, dude. Just like here. Yeah, I know. You might see some war ruins. I'd definitely go live in Italy or Switzerland. For a time. Or Costa Rica. For a time. Or Belize. No, I could do it forever. You could retire there, you think? I could do it now. Oof, I definitely couldn't. I think that shit sounds good, but I love America way too much. And I don't know. I mean, some of those Latin countries, bro, they don't even have toilet paper. Like, you know. I like being able to wipe my ass, even though we're the only country that wipes our ass. Like, whose idea was that? Like, when plumbing was a thing, and you're over in France or wherever you go to, you first see a bidet, and then you come to America and set up our system, you say, nah, we're going to use butt paper. It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It clogs pipes. It's garbage. It stinks. But it feels way better. I've never used a bidet. I remember when I was in Italy, the... Uh, at the house, they had one, but they also just had toilet paper. And you just used the toilet paper. So I was just like, yeah, I don't know how I'm supposed to sit here or what I'm supposed to do. So I just used toilet paper. It feels really weird. Like, I mean, it you get clean, but without that dryer piece, like they got the nice roto toilets now where it'll dry your butt out too. And then it's got like warm water, cold water, change the temperature. So I feel like you would still have to wipe. That's what I'm saying. You do. You definitely do, or else you're just gonna have a little leakage. Yeah, no, you don't want mud butt all day. So that's that's one reason alone I stay in the states. And then in Asia, you just gotta do the the Asian man squat, that two leg squat. You know what I'm talking about? Bro, they're civilized. You're acting like other places aren't civilized. I'm just saying, bro. Mainland China, like when you go from mainland China to like. Tokyo and different parts. Well, Tokyo, Japan. But you know what I'm saying? When you go to, from mainland China, like Hong Kong and different parts like that. Yeah, Hong Kong, China, right? Terrible at geography. But yeah, they like shit in the malls and stuff. That's what I've heard from people that have been there. 
Like people in Singapore will have people that come from mainland China as workers or whatever, visiting family and stuff, and they'll just be piles of shit in the street. And they're used to it because they know that it's a mainlander that hasn't gotten used to not shitting in the street, but apparently that's a common thing that happens. I don't know that for a fact, but I read it. And also in Japan, they work so fucking hard, people just sleep in the streets and it's normal. Just plop up their suitcase like a pillow and there'll be people passed out in the streets, hundreds of them in downtown sections of Japan. I mean, certain things you can get used to, but I wearing a mask in Beijing because the air is so fucking polluted because there's no regulation on what the businesses do. Look, I like America is all I'm saying. I didn't say anything about going to Asia, bro. I'm just saying you're, you're acting like other places aren't civilized. No, I was talking about Asia specifically. And the fact that in Latin countries you can't use paper, toilet paper, at least in South America. No, I mean, other places are definitely civilized. Way more civilized than we are in a lot of ways. I mean, shit, we're killing each other every chance we get. What, 250 mass shootings since January? Everywhere else in the world, there's like three. So, civilization or being civilized, you know, there's levels to it. We might be more financially civil, but socially. I'm just, I'm just saying about the toilet paper thing. <laughs> no, that's a fact. In South America, you use toilet paper. I don't, I don't. In Costa Rica, isn't that in South America? Is I think it's Central. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can wipe your ass in Brazil, bro. I'm telling you, in Argentina, I, I'm. I, I was in uh, Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia. They did not have toilet paper in any bathroom, Jake. Think I'm making that up? <laughs> they didn't have it. You had to bring your own. <laughs> It's not like you weren't allowed to use it, but you had to have it. They did not supply it. And all the garbages were f- over full. There were fucking people with sh- uh, AK-47s on every corner because it's a militarized country. They don't have cops. The military are the police. I'm just saying, there's a lot of shit about these other countries that it seems cool to visit, but when you're there living, you got to traverse that shit. And me being black, I got to worry about a bunch of shit everywhere I go. Like, I can't tell you how many weird looks I got when I was in South America. because I got darker skin than everybody, so they know automatically I'm a tourist. Everybody in Colombia is like almost your complexion, maybe a little bit lighter. Like they're super fair skin because the altitude is the same there year round. They don't get much sun. It's like it's always super kind of cloudy, murky. It's like it's always dusk there and always about like 70 degrees. Doesn't get much hotter, much colder. But anyway, everybody was looking at me and my homegirl like we were crazy because she's Dominican Haitian. So or Dominican, um, Dominican Panamanian. So she's a little bit lighter than me. But yeah, and then China, shit. Everybody will look at you like you're an athlete automatically. Denmark, I already know how I'm going to look in Denmark. Ain't nothing but a bunch of white folks. Pasty white folks. Tall, pasty white folks. I already know I'm going to get singled out. Fetishized. I heard about all these soldiers that go to Germany. Black dudes always get white wives. That's what my mom used to say in the 90s all the time when she would go visit Germany. Luxembourg and stuff. Dudes be in love over there. These blonde haired white women look at them like, Oh my god, I've never seen you before. It's like sweet chocolate, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I only named like four countries, bro. I don't, yeah, I only named like four. I mean, shit. you named a whole rack of random ones, yeah. A bunch of random ones. Ain't like, nobody want to go live in fucking Denmark, nah, definitely not. Cold as shit there, like the fuck. There's 139 countries out there. I just listed four and made it seem like the rest of the planet sucks. I think there's more than that, but. Well, 139 recognized countries or whatever. There's way more than that. You're right. But like 139 recognized countries, I think. Might be more. But I think it's 139. Shit. Maybe I'm off. But um, I live somewhere in Africa. 
I'd only choose Africa or America, I think. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Having never been to Africa, I'm making that safe assumption that I'd be all right there somewhere. It's big enough. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of places I'd live, like I said, but What's probably not going to happen. You going to listen where you haven't, well, you don't know. You going to listen where you haven't been yet? I could do it. Had you never been to the Keys before you lived there? Mm. So I did do it, yeah. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds ideal. Like, I could live in Hawaii for six months, but I feel like after six months, I get fed up. Well, maybe two years. They got major cities. It's not like it'd be any different than here. You'd just be on an island. Yeah. That's true. Like, Honolulu is a big-ass city. Like It is. Everything's super expensive, too. Yeah, and apparently traffic there sucks ass, at least in Honolulu. It does. It's, like, always ranked near the top, just like D.C. and New York and fucking San Francisco and L.A. No, that's the one thing I remember about being there was that the traffic was terrible, everything was really expensive, it was beautiful, and it rained every day at the same time. Those are the things I remember about Honolulu. We were on a military base, so... You would think traffic would be a little bit more regulated, but it wasn't. <laughs> Definitely wasn't. Shit, there's one uh, island in Hawaii, Lanai, where there are more deer than people. Really? Yeah, the population of the island is less than 10,000 or something like that. But there's like 20,000 axis deer just running around. I was listening to it on the Rogan podcast. He'll go there to hunt axis deer because the deer... So the deer originated in... The Middle East or Africa or something like that. No, they originated in India. That's what it is. So they are trained or, you know, evolved to run away from tigers. Mm. So they're fast as shit. They're like the fastest deer anywhere on the planet. And they're up there in Lanai, like uh, Borar in Texas. Yeah. Just a nuisance. Kill them bitches. Yeah, good meat, good eating. Apparently it's some of the best deer meat you'll ever get, too. Love to get me some Axis backstrap, but I ain't going to Hawaii no time soon to shoot a fucking deer. You could probably order it online. You definitely can. How do you get to the black web? How do you get to that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you have to have probably some certain like browsers and whatnot, and you'd probably want a VPN, obviously. I'm then, scared to Google it. No, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but like that's where they used to like on the um. Can't think of the website Silk Road or some shit. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you used to be able to buy like any drug you want off the dark web. Like yeah. you just had to know how to get there. Yeah, and there still is a way to get there. I saw the dude on Vice. They filmed the dude who runs credit card scams, and he was showing how to get to the dark web on his computer. Now they blurred out his face and did his voice weird. You know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it, but I'm sure he was showing how he makes five thousand dollars in an hour by credit card scams. And you know, not to say I respect it the dude but i respected his explanation behind the fact that he's not defrauding people because all they got to do is call the credit card company and say hey my credit card got stolen and they get their money right back i mean he's 100 percent right about that because as a person who's had some of their money stolen via credit card that's all you got to do i mean it takes like 10 minutes so he's really defrauding the system now if his ass get caught he going to jail for life yeah <laughs> shit if you really want to have a clean conscience and help yourself sleep at night that's one way to do it yeah, you can just do, like, a whole bunch of crazy shit on there. Apparently. I've never been, so I wouldn't know, but... Well, there's all types of ways to make money, but... Say you're a person who has no conscience, and you run a morgue or mortuary, and, you know, you got some bodies that haven't been claimed by their family. Uh, they haven't been embalmed yet, and you got some access to the dark web. Do you sell those body parts to the Mexican cartel 
so that they can then pretend to have dead body parts and send them to people and make it seem like, oh, yeah, we cut off your relative's finger. They didn't. They bought a finger from somebody and then sent it to you. You know, you're almost helping people in that way. Because what, I mean, what are you going to do with the body? It's going to cremate it. The waste is going to go out into the atmosphere. It's going to pollute the atmosphere. You're doing more harm by doing the right thing. At least what is viewed as the right thing. If you just dispose of the body. But if you let that body go to good use, you know, sell its parts to people that will use it. That's kind of scary. <laughs> That's a real situation, though. Like that people who own morgues out here have the ability to sell body parts to shit. The cartel, the mafia, anybody that wants body parts. There was a dude out here that had Albert Einstein's brain just sitting in his back office for 40 years waiting for the science to catch up to the fact that he was trying to figure out if Einstein's neurons worked differently than the regular brain. So he just stole Einstein's brain. That's what's going on out here on the dark web. Yeah. People are weird. Yeah. People got their proclivities, their fetishes. Yeah, it's a spectrum. That's why when you look at some of these functionalities that have been added to apps like Facebook, Instagram with the live streaming and the ability to just go live all the time. Did they not think at any given, somebody's going to kill their dog on this thing. Like how come they're not better at moderating that content? It's been way too many times. I see a headline. Somebody goes live and commits suicide on Facebook or remember the dude that was going around just shooting people. I think they've uh, like, they have a whole bunch of people that like now watch, look for that shit. They don't, though. That's just it. They contracted out. I looked into it. They contracted out to companies because they don't want to have it internal. They say it's bad energy. They don't want to focus on the past. Facebook's whole motto is fuck shit up and move forward and then worry about the shit in the background later. That's not exactly it, but yeah. Because they're always talking about moving forward. Well, let's talk about solutions in the future and how we're going to fix this. Well, let's talk about how it happened so it doesn't happen again. And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't worry about that. <laughs> like Mark Zuckerberg in any interview. I don't know. I thought they did hire a bunch of people to look for like bad content and to flag it and take it down and all this shit. Because like, like you said, things like that were getting through. Yeah, they hired companies that they contracted out to. But there's no floor of an office where they can walk by and see, oh, yeah, these are the people that are responsible for pulling all that shit down. Why don't we go talk to them about it? And then, like, that energy will be in there, and then they'll have to think about these things moving forward. Like, then they'll have to think about, oh, well, maybe when we're engineering some new functionality into Facebook next time, we'll think about the fact that somebody might use this platform for ill means. But if it's out of sight, out of mind, you don't got to think about it. So, yeah, they contract that shit out. Clean hands. They don't want that toxic stuff around. I guess. No. It's like, you know, Hillary Clinton hiring hitmen. She's not going to pull the trigger. I don't know what you're referencing, but... <laughs> I'm referencing anybody that's going to have someone taken out. And I don't know if Hillary Clinton did that, but it's definitely alleged. Uh, I don't think I'm a bite on that one. <laughs> In the video game industry, it's bigger than sports, music, and film combined. $139 billion in 2018 they generated. It makes sense. Who doesn't like video games? It makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. What was wild is the B 
biggest star on their platform is ostensibly a racist named PewDiePie. <laughs> like, that dude's like the biggest celebrity in video gaming. I thought he got banned off YouTube like a year and a half ago. I don't think you can ban him. I mean, I'm going to look him up right now. I'm pretty sure he's still got like 60 million subscribers or some crazy shit. I didn't think uh, YouTube was in the business of banning folks. Who they? Who have they banned? I think him. Did they ban him? Well, let's look it up real quick. Let's see. If him, maybe like Logan Paul or whoever went to the suicide force and was making. Nah, nah, nah. They demonetize them. They don't ban them. They just demonetize them for a little bit. Yeah, PewDiePie's got 98 million subscribers, bro. He's bigger than ever. And it's gonna go up from there, just as more countries get access to internet and video games. I was talking with Tevin about it. It's like it's all Asia and Africa. Like, as these countries become more technologically advanced and motherfuckers get Xboxes and motherfuckers get those um, PUBG games and all that stuff, whew, it's, it's, it's just going to blow up. Blow up. As if it hasn't already. These kids, though, man, they look weird. Like, I mean, yeah, it's great that you can make $7 million as a 16-year-old playing some game. Shit, I wish I, gaming was like that when we were right at, at that age. Like, when I was real into video games, I would have been good. I could have made money. Fuck. Yeah, I was never that good at games. So, I guess, for me, it just seems like one of those things where these kids are stunting their development more than doing anything positive for their growth later on. Because how many of them are going to be, what's that kid, bugger? How many are going to be booger out here? Shit, you don't even have to come in first. That kid came in fifth and won, like, what, 300, 900 Gs, something like that? He did, yeah. Damn, you're playing for nine, ten hours a day. I mean, it's a developing body. If, I'm a, if I got an eight-year-old kid, I'm not letting him do that. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, nah, I, I don't know that I'd let my kid do that either. But, like, shit, if you're good at it, like, I'm not going to stop you as long as your work's done and you played outside for an hour. It's true. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too. People want to demonize it as this odd behavior for losers and weirdos who ain't out here getting no pussy. But if you're a dude who's dedicated 100% to athletics, you're working out three hours a day, two hours a day, practicing, you're going to school, and you're coming home and going to sleep. Like, when I play high school sports, I ain't have time for shit, pretty much. I mean, yeah, we would go out sometimes, and I guess... It was school, and then practice until, like, five. Then you got home, you took a shower, you did your homework, ate dinner. Yeah. And then Friday nights, yeah, if you have football, you're playing Friday night. You yeah. get done, and yeah, it's like, shit. And college and pro are even more rigid. Now, yeah, I know it. First hand, full-time job shit. Couldn't deal with it. So that kind of stuff is going to definitely lend itself to you being less productive in other areas. It's going to lead to you being isolated in your thinking. All you think about is football. All you're with is football players, other athletes. I'm saying it's the same exact thing, just in a different universe. When you're playing those video games, you're still interacting with other kids. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing. You're online, you're playing, you're getting your social activity, maybe not in person, which is, like, kind of scary to think about, but... They get in group settings, though. I think some of those kids, like, getting, like, little, uh... Most of them, no, you're right. Most of them are doing it interpersonally, but, I mean, shit, there are gamer girls out here now, so if there are a lot of hot chicks you can talk to online and... Yeah, but you don't know what they look like. Unless you go meet at, like, a conference or something. That's true. That's what I'm saying. There are all these different outlets for it now. Like, basically, the gaming culture is no different than... Well, it's a hobby. Culture. Like, who's to say it's any different than if you like to paint? 
Same thing. Like, if like oh, instead of spending my afternoon painting, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend my afternoon playing video games. Yeah. And if I'm good and can make money off it, then who are you to tell me not to do it? That's what I'm saying. If you're obsessed with something, then you're going to be a little... sword I'm looking for here. Not level. Not level-headed. I'm going to be a little, a little off. Hey, you can't get hurt playing video games. Can't get CTE playing video games. Can't break your goddamn knees or feet or anything. Only thing you might get is some arthritis in your hands, maybe. Yeah, not maybe. Definitely. Definitely get arthritis. And what's the thing where your hands are like this all the time? That's not arthritis. It's something else. Carpal tunnel. Definitely get carpal tunnel. That's what those typists get. Uh, and, you know, your shoulders will be a little bit sunken. You'll be really pale from a lack of vitamin D. Um, that's if you just don't do other things but like to be bugger you gotta be playing 10 hours a day from age 11 to 17 that's the only way you get to bugger I think I don't know sometimes you can get lucky yeah you can just be real good and then happen to get lucky do you think cause he's definitely not number one ranked in the world you know like well is he number one ranked at Fortnite I don't know that's I, think, a, I think that's what it was he was number one ranked at Fortnite in the world I don't think so dude was that just America I think like Ninja and shit. No, he won the tournament. I don't uh, think that makes you like number one ranked. He didn't get like a bunch of money for being number one ranked. He got number a bunch of money for winning this huge like World Cup of Fortnite. So he got lucky, basically. Is what you I mean, he's good at. Fortnite. I'm not saying he got lucky. I'm just saying like, hmm. if you're really good at Fortnite and you make it to the final round, you could just happen to get lucky while playing a game and win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm looking it up now. What is Bugger's world ranking? Because I'm curious, like if that kid got lucky in one failed swoop. I'm not saying he got lucky. I mean, he obviously trains for it and whatnot. I'm just saying, like if I let's just say I was ranked like a hundred or something, and I entered the tournament, and somehow everyone knows all these players are better than me, but somehow I managed to just like shoot long range shot and happen to hit him off some miscellaneous shit. Like I get lucky and he's the last one dead. I win. You know what I'm saying? I, he didn't do that. I'm just saying you don't have to be like dedicate all that time to it because you could you could probably just be raw <laughs> at video games some people are raw games well it said that he could inspire the next ninja or tifu i don't know who tifu is but they're saying this tournament was set up with 99 of the planet's most skilled fortnite pros across six rounds so it doesn't say what their rankings are it says he's a professional gamer signed to american esports sentinels so that's a team that's crazy. Stardom skyrocketed the past 48 hours. Obviously, he's been on tonight's show, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like you said, he's a kid who wasn't ranked before. I mean, maybe he was ranked, but he wasn't like Ninja or Tifu. Whoever that That's is. what I'm saying. Like, you could be, like, if there's a Madden tournament, you could be, like, you could be number 50 in the world and still win because maybe you're good, you're that good that you're number 50. Or maybe because you hit left trigger by accident and he jukes at the right time and then. You happen to make a missed tackle or, like, you just... Something happens that's lucky on a game and you yeah. win. That's all I'm saying. On a specific game, yeah. But the likelihood of that happening over six rounds, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're in these tournaments, you're good enough to be in a tournament and probably win. But you're saying there's a thin line between number one and number 50. Anything can happen. Number one and number 200. Shit. It's just like when you play 2K against somebody that's really good. Yeah, like, maybe... Just you happen to hit every three that you you take in the game for some reason. Okay, that's like that's not all skill on your part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, do you think it'll get to a point where video games will just be an innate thing? Like, some kids out of the womb, like you said, just good at baseball, just athletic. Will some kids just have a natural inclination towards video gaming? Is there going to be a four-year-old that's born out there just killing it at GTA? Or will be like, how the fuck do you know how to do this? He just knows. Some people just pick up the sticks and... Oh, I don't know that it'll be, like, hereditary to just be like, oh, my dad's a pro gamer. Like, I'm going to be a pro gamer. I don't I don't necessarily think like that. I just think some people have a knack for, like, to play games. Like, like I'm terrible at, at first-person shooters. Me too. But my brother, for like, is just is can pick it up and be good at it. Exactly. My brother's the same way. Whereas, like, sports games, I, I, I can pick up 2K and Madden once I learn the controls. Like, I'll compete with whoever I'm playing. Exactly, but my brother sucks at that, and like Tevin doesn't play those games, so yeah, it's just it is interesting. I think there is some type of proclivity there because what makes us better at the sports games than the first person shooter? It games? could be well, I'd say in Madden, there's probably a small percentage, like small, where knowledge of the game helps. Mm, oh yeah, definitely. Like oh, I get these passing con, like I get these route concepts, or I get. Why I should run the ball here, or, or oh, let me run it to the left, but let me look for the or yeah. what type of player it is. Whereas in those games, I'm not saying you can just pick up and be real good, but like I'm not good at like looking around for people and seeing people far away and then just like loading off. Like I, for whatever reason, I can't just do it. I can't do it either. There's so much involved with the fingers and shit. I mean, I used to have friends that would play that zombie shit, Call of Duty, all the time, get high in college, and it's like, bro, I, can, I watch y'all. But I, can't I like it. playing it, mm. but I can only do it for so long because I'm so bad at it. But to that point, like, I'll get lucky and have a round where my, like, the kill death ratio mm. for a round is like 20 to 4 or something like that. Go through the roof. Whereas most times it's like, I die 30 times and maybe get like 3 or 4 <laughs> kills. Yeah. Yeah. I think someday kids are just going to come out the womb ready for this shit, like born for it. <laughs> With a controller in their hand. Hell yeah. Booga's kid is going to be a Hall of Fame Fortniter. It's set well, in stone. Yeah, I mean, Fortnite's still a thing. <laughs> in part, that tournament was also to regain some popularity because it was starting to mm. fall off. Because uh, PUBG, is that a different one? Well, PUBG was like the first type of game like that. Mm. But like now Call of Duty has... has uh, not versions, but like modes of online or whatever, where it's the same as Fortnite, but in Call of Duty. Mm. And the model of these games financially or monetarily, how they make cash is interesting too, because they give it to you for free, and then you pay for the features two well, at a time. Well, so Fortnite is the 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 battle royale, which is like the hundred people drop in and you go whatever. That's free, but they have another version that you have to pay to play, which I've never done. Like, I don't know, and then. Yeah, you can pay for like different character outfits or like shit like that. Mm -hmm. Different dances on the battle royale. Yeah, so it's like yeah. No. Yeah, like Booger's dad. They showed him dancing around. He looked like a lame, but I guarantee you, he was raw at Pong or something like that or arcade games. Maybe you know something in there. Yeah, who knows? No, no. Just like we see great football players, their sons going to be great football players. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I think that more athletics is more passed down, whereas video games is like a, I don't know, a learned thing. It is a learned thing. No, it's all skill based, but yeah, like you say, genetics are genetics. You know, maybe they'll just have the type of mind that takes to it. It's interesting. Interesting to think about. Speaking of football, man, this is the most bittersweet time for football mm. because we just had the Hall of Fame game last Thursday. Mm. Shout out Ed Reed, probably. 
like looks the most like his Hall of Fame bus. Shout out Champ Bailey for saying what he said in his speech. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see either speech, but I did see Aries bus. It's beautiful. Um, Champ Bailey pretty much was saying like, as a black man, if you're my friend who's white and I tell you I'm scared, listen. If I tell you this, like listen. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty good speech. You should check it out. But it's bittersweet because football's back. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's fucking. Preseason football. I can't stand watching more than like two drives of preseason football. Yeah. You know you're a real degenerate if you're looking up preseason betting odds on football. Because I saw BR Betting post something say, oh, look up this article to see the best uh, ways to bet preseason football. There is no way to bet it. What are you talking about? I mean, you. I guess. I didn't mean to look them up. I was looking up future odds to see if they had listed the over-unders yet for wins on Vegas Insider, and it had the the lines for this week, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, they put lines on preseason, like you don't even know half these guys' names, like how are you gonna bet? Yep. So we're those kind of degenerates. The fact we even knew that there were lines on preseason just show we bet too much, because that's crazy. I saw the same thing. But like I was saying, I was looking up the over. I was trying to find to see if they had posted over unders for the year, even though I'd seen them mm-hmm. elsewhere. I just didn't know. Yeah, it's wild how that's a job. To set the lines. And they're so good at it. So good. I mean, this one girl who I used to work with at a uh, healthcare software company, her dad lived on a farm in Missouri, and it was his job to set the lines for MGM, MGM Grand. So he had been doing it for like 40 years. He lived on a farm in Missouri. Oh, she she looked Italian as shit. So I don't know what her dad looked like, but I imagine he was like old school Italian. Yeah, I mean, you have to think they have, somehow they have like way more information than the, than the person who's looking at those lines. Like, Somehow. Somebody sleeping with the fishes. But I was, uh, I heard this strategy for college football. is like you find those games where it's like uh, the spread is like 45 or 50 and you take the underdog because the, the better team just has to screw up, like not get a first down like one time or turn the ball over one time. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially like guaranteed yeah. to hit the plus whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when you're dealing with 18 year old kids that's a guarantee like one fuck up like that's all it takes like oh Alabama's plus 50 on North Carolina Central or something like that like <laughs> alright <laughs> yep one kid hops off sides that's all you need just one stop one missed extra like one missed field goal one fourth down to not convert it something just something just cover the spread and it's so wild how it seems scripted when you watch that shit on Saturday it's just like in March Madness it's like bro the last shot every time come on figure it out dm up you can't double team do with the ball now it's like every time it just seems like this shit was written by you know the sports gods yeah but i'm excited we got only a couple more weeks till regular season football can't this i got fan, drafts coming up for fantasy mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting year I, I just zeke holding out throws a wrench in some things mm-hmm. i don't really know these these running backs i mean it's so smart to take those running backs early. And well, yeah, no. If I have a top four pick, like I'm taking the running back, and I already know who I would take. It's got to be the right running back, though. Well, there's only a few that I would take. Yeah. There's only three that I would take right now. This year? That early. Who's coming out of college that early that you would take? No, no, I'm talking about fantasy. Oh, in fantasy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that's a given. That's a given. But I'm saying with actual GMs. Oh, oh no. Nah, I was talking about fantasy football, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about 
about real life picking here. Like, if I'm, you know, John Lynch right now, and there's a beast running back coming out, I'm taking them early. Because you get all the tread on those tires young. You know what I'm saying? Versus having to pay them $15 million, $16 million per when they're 28 and over the hump. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing right now. You know, Zeke coming up on the end of his deal, his rookie deal, but he's still got it. I mean, but I was just saying for fantasy-wise, dude, these holdouts are throwing a wrench in some things. Oh, yeah, no, it's going to fuck you up. And with some teams, you just don't know how they're going to play. And then, yeah, and then after last year, um, with the whole Le'Veon thing, people are going to be scared to take a touch of back that's uh, even thinking about holding out, yeah. Melvin Gordon. Ezekiel Elliott, your best bet is to look for your favorite running back coming out of college, see what roster he made, and take that kid. Because it's going to be a kid this year that's the leading rusher who you haven't heard of. I mean, it might end up being Ty Gurley, one of those dudes, but every year there's two or three running backs that come on that you've never heard, like James Conner. Well, no, if you knew football, you would knew you would have known. Yeah, but people who were fans of the Pittsburgh uh, Panthers college football team had a leg up on that. Just like when Le'Veon Bell came to the Steelers in 2000, uh, I think it was 13 that he got drafted, 2012, I knew he was going to be a beast when they took him in the second round because I saw him at Michigan State, and I remember him jumping over people at 250 pounds. I was like, yeah. So if you kind of watch college football, you should know to take that. Take one of those dudes in the second or third, fourth round instead of taking a flyer on Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? In the first round, who... Oh, no, you're not taking a flyer. Alan Kamara's top three back. Yeah, I mean, this year they're not going to split as much time. So, yeah, but, I mean, that offense spreads the ball around so much. I don't know. That offense, Marcus Colson and Alvin Kamara are the main pieces. So, yeah, I'll give you that. But say the Browns, for example. If you think about taking Kareem Hunt or Duke Johnson or Odell or Jarvis, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with that offense. You just went back with Marcus Colson, dude. He doesn't even play in the NFL anymore, I don't think. Not Marcus Colson, no. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. But they're the same thing. <laughs> Tall dude that's kind of lanky, stretches the field. I don't know. I think you could easily take Odell late first round, early second round. Because he's, I mean, he's just one of the best wideouts in the league. Kareem Hunt, you're not going to touch because he has eight game suspension. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you, you have to, there's a lot to take in consideration of fantasy. Like, what kind of league you're in, too, standard PPRs, all that. I'm just saying with the holdouts. Kind of, it's kind of interesting because Zeke, someone might take Zeke, but if he's still holding out, then same with Melvin Gordon, dude. Yeah, you should take There's only, there's only certain players. Like, I mean, I haven't drafted fantasy in years, and who am I to say anything about? It? I'm only a champion in one league, but I will say, I used to take quarterbacks in the first round. Oh, <laughs> you crazy? Uh, the one year I did. Uh, when I think, what did I do? I think it was the year Cam Newton, like Cam Newton. I took Cam Newton in the first round, I think, because it was the year that, you know, he's running and passing. That's crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't touch a quarterback unless it's maybe Pat Mahomes until like fourth round. But even I'm not doing that. I'd wait till eighth or tenth round. It wasn't Cam. It was Aaron Rodgers. That's who I took. Yeah, my thing and my logic on it was at the end of the year, quarterbacks always have more points than a running back. So, yeah, that ended up being true. Yeah, I'm just I'm just excited for it. I can start making money again. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes the game more fun, too. That's the only reason I bet on fights. Makes it more fun. Stop betting on football because 
it made it less fun after a while. Started getting way too invested in the outcomes. Oh shit, we can go for an hour. Just look at the time. It's a good, it's a good bit. You heard Tyler the Creator's freestyle on Funk Flex? I did. That shit is so funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he went for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, and I think he's one of the few that like actually freestyled too. At least for part of it. <laughs> like some of that shit was legitimately ad-libbed. That shit was so funny, bro. Mm -hmm. He was like, free rock him, free rock him. I might go too sweet into free. Like the whole thing just being like, like the couple lines about butt sex. And then Funk Flex was like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa, what made you say that, bro? What made you say that? It's like, because you react like that. Exactly. That's exactly why I said it. Yeah, Tyler's the best at that. And then Rocky's free? Yeah, ASAP. Oh, I mean, they granted they didn't rule, have made a ruling yet, but they let him, while they're making the ruling, come back. And <laughs> you know he ain't going back. Hell no. And that shit got leaked that apparently the U.S. was like, there will be like detrimental... Uh, consequences to our relationship with uh, to Sweden, like the fuck. Only thing Sweden exports here are models and Jonas Jarepko. Like the fuck, there's nothing in Sweden that we want. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but <laughs> shit. Uh, it's kind of dangerous, president, to have like precedent mm -hmm. to have your government be like, oh, free him before like before, before we do anything when the court case hadn't even happened yet. The thing is, with those laws over there, though, when it was so clear what took place, it's almost like it was, it was obviously a colorish issue, a uh, color issue, because G Easy said he had been in a similar situation over there and he didn't get locked up. Oh no, I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying, no. like, to threaten that shit before the case even happens or whatever. Oh yeah, no, it sets a dangerous precedent, but shit, this shit gonna help Trump get reelected. It's gonna be a bunch of niggas out here like ASAP free. Mm. Who Obama free? Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be some ignorant niggas out there to say shit like that. Just, just, <laughs> en just enough. <laughs> just enough. Just enough to come out not to vote. Which I think that's all I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll wrap this one up. Wrap it, wrap it, wrap it up. Much love, peace, and chicken grease to those that took time out of their busy schedule. If it was busy to tune in, if you aren't busy and you tuned in, get a life.
the paper, then my brain's blank. I see dark streets, hustling brothers who keep the same rank, pumping for something. Some are prosperous or fail, judges hanging niggas, uncorrect bells. For direct sales, my intellect prevails. From my hanging cross with nails, I reinforce the frail. With lyrics that's real, word the Christ, a disciple of streets, trifle on beats. I decipher prophecies through a mic that's a piece. I hung around the older fools while they sling smack the ding bass. They spoke a fat cat, that nigga's name may bell rings, blacks a face scream about Supreme Team of Jamaica Queens thing. 